Dr. Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. How's it going? Hello, and welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. This is a continuation of a series of interviews I conducted for the radio to document the launch of ElliotMins.com, the website of famed broadcaster and media consultant Elliot Mintz. Elliot is someone who has had a fascinating experience on radio and television and in the world of public relations. Most of all, if you ask me, I think it's his outlook that makes him fascinating. I thought it would be particularly relevant to feature an interview with a friend of Elliot Mintz, who is also a media expert. Enter Michael Levine. Levine has represented some huge names, including Michael Jackson and Barbara Streisand. He's been called the Michael Jordan of entertainment PR. In this interview, you'll get to know this man, Michael Levine, and also gain his insight on Elliot Mintz. We're going to get into the interview with Mr. Levine in just a moment, but first I would like to remind you that the Paul Leslie Hour is made possible by you. That's right, the listeners and viewers of these interviews. As we continue in our mission of telling the human story, you're invited to contribute by going to thepaulleslie.com. Once you're there, you can click on Support the Show. It only takes a moment and makes a great impact. Now, let's get into the interview. Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest is one of the best-known experts in the field of publicity. Steve Allen called him the Michael Jordan of entertainment PR. He is the founder of Levine Communication Offices and the author of several best-selling books. He'll be joining us to talk about publicity and, in particular, his friendship with Hollywood legend Elliot Mitz. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. I'm honored to be sharing your uh, valuable audience. How did you become interested in publicity? I was interested in the entertainment industry. I was actually interested in two things when I was growing up. I was interested in the entertainment industry. I was interested in politics. And I decided to pursue the entertainment industry as a career by virtue of that kind of attraction I had as a young person. Is publicity still fascinating? Yeah, I think it is. I think the media is fascinating. I think communications is fascinating. I think it's, it, it is very fascinating, certainly undergoing radical change. I mean, you know, I started a PR firm back in June of 1983, and there were no computers or text messages or FedEx. Very, very different world. So, yeah, it's still very fascinating. Not too long ago, in speaking with Elliot Mitz, he said that you are one of the best publicists he's ever encountered. I would have to ask you, what do you say makes a good publicist? I'm happy to answer your question, but let me just comment on that, if I may. First of all, that is a very, very kind, unnecessarily generous, kind remark that Elliot made about me. I, I cannot believe that Arguably, I, I I would define Elliot as the most brilliant media consultant ever. Not not 
not this year, not last year. He would be, in the entertainment realm, the most brilliant media consultant ever. And so the fact that I could even be in the same top ten list, that is just hard to imagine. But, and I really believe that. I mean, independent of my friendship with Elliot and my love of Elliot, I really believe, as I think about I talk to him. I am awestruck by his capacity to understand the communications. Okay. Now then, you say to me, Michael, what makes a good publicist? Well, I think good publicists have a capacity to understand communications well, and they have a good capacity to understand news well, and they have a good capacity to blend the two well, and so forth. So there we are. It's a natural gift in large part. I mean, I wrote a book on PR called Gorilla PR, which is the uh, best-selling PR book of all time. And I think you can teach people a lot of stuff through that book or through books. But there's also a natural capacity. You said a moment ago that you felt like Elliot more or less personifies what it is to be a good publicist. He's the most brilliant communications mind of our time, way, way beyond a traditional publicist, in my, from my point of view. So it's his in, in, incredible ability as a communicator that you think... Incredible. An incredible psychological capacity to read people, read situations. First of all, if you know Elliot at all, Elliot listens to people with intensity that is Freud-like. He has an ability to listen intensely to a human's words and actions and read things that, frankly, other people might not perceive uh, as acutely. How did you meet Elliot, and what was your first impression when you first looked into his eyes? Well, I've known of Elliot for my entire professional life and admired him. We had very different careers. Elliot's approach to clients was to have a few that paid him a good deal of money, and he did a brilliant job on their behalf. I, on the other hand, went a different route. I had a much larger firm with many, 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 many more clients and had a a bigger uh, entity. He had a smaller, more boutique entity. So I've known Elliot all my professional life, but we became friends a couple of years ago. And I would say that you do not need to be Freud or Einstein to look at look into Elliot's eyes and know that he's a very unique guy. This is not this is not your average bear. I'll say that. What is something about Elliot Mintz we would be surprised to know? One thing I think that might uh, surprise you, I mean, if I, you had had number of superstar clients that he's had, but he's very humble. He does not think of himself, and he's not grandiose, he's not a narcissist, very self-effacing, very humble, very generous. He's run counter to the stereotypes of most people in Hollywood. He's just launched this website, ElliotMitz.com. Yep. Fascinating. Yes, very. 
if I could just mention, one of the things I think is fascinating, I mean, if you're interested in Elliot Mintz, I think it's a very fascinating website. But let's imagine you're not interested in Elliot Mintz. You're just interested in the times in which Elliot Mintz lived. You're interested in the 70s and the 60s and the 70s, the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s. It's fascinating, fascinating. You can go on a walk on a beach in Malibu, California, with John Lennon, and you're going to talk to John about the Beatles breakup. Really? That's pretty. That's that's pretty big. That's pretty interesting. And there's just countless things that are fascinating about the times. You know, the zeitgeist of that era. What do you think that's motivating him to put this all out there? Because it's all free. Yeah, it's all free. Because I think that Elliot's unique, one of Elliot's uniquenesses is that he wants, he does not, as Corey, I'm just paraphrasing his words, he doesn't think the website's about him. He thinks the website's about the world and the times in which he lived. So I have to take his words at face value and think that that's a need that he has to communicate. He has an unbelievable amount of material to share. You know, he's been at the center point of so much of entertainment industry and pop culture history. It's rather remarkable. What are you the most proud of? In my work? Yeah, in your life, actually. Well, you know, I had a very unusual life in that I didn't go to college. Uh, You know, my mom was an alcoholic. I was cursed to a degree, blessed and cursed by this thing called dyslexia. Uh, Do you know anything about dyslexia? I know a little, but not a great deal. Dyslexia is a kind of disorder of some type where you reading and cognitive ability. You know, when you're a young kid, you invert numbers and it's an interesting thing. You know, I was talking to about Two years ago, I had dinner with David Geffen, which was a real high point in my life. And we were talking, David is dyslexic, I'm dyslexic. And we were talking about dyslexia. And David said to me, you know, Michael, 40 years ago, we had a different word for dyslexia. And I said, really, David, what was that? He said, dumb. And it's true that 40 years ago, people who were dyslexic were thought to be dumb. So the greatest achievement of my life is that I was able to take a bad set of cards that I was dealt, right? An alcoholic mother, dyslexia, scared, skinny kid, no college, no money, no education, no parenting, no job. And I was able to take these bad cards, play them well. Uh, It's one of the reasons I do uh, some of the coaching I do with clients and people. So there you go. So this is kind of an open-ended question for all the listeners out there. What would you say to them? I'm not sure. Oh, I would say, um, I think that I would say that you would be well served if you're listening to this to consider and recall that life is difficult and that life is difficult for all of us. It is difficult if you are gay or straight or black or white or young or old or thin or fat. If you have a lot of money, it is difficult. If you have a little money, it is difficult. Now, some people would say, you know, it's been said that money does not make you happy. Well, I promise you, my brother, 
Poverty will make you miserable. But it's difficult. Life is a difficult journey. Now, it's not a bad journey, but it is difficult. And we are tried. We humans are tried by constant, ceaseless challenge. It's kind of uh, like an obstacle course that's been designed by God or the universe to test us or to teach us or something. There we are. Life is difficult. My last question, who is Michael Levine? Self-made guy. Just a guy who got some really bad cards as a young kid growing up in New York City, about two and a half miles north of Ground Zero. And he was able, through the force of determination, drive and determination, to take bad cards and play them well. I was blessed in in lots of ways along that journey, not least of which being born in a country in which playing your cards at all was possible. In that way, I think uh, Warren Buffett was correct. I won the ovarian lottery. I'm just a self-made guy. I'm just a guy who was willing to work on nights and weekends when most people weren't and played my cards well. Now, there was a lot of cost to that personally, right? Thank you very much for your perspectives and your Thank time. You, God bless. Thank you. You too. Nice to talk to you. Goodbye.